The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there, and the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit alz.org to join the fight. your host donovan thanks for listening i am back everybody thanks for 
bearing with me, those of you who are coming back and listening to the show. <laughs> it's been um, two months since I did the last Off Limits show, so thanks for coming back. If you're listening live in uh, the chat room or if you're listening in the archives or wherever you're listening from, I appreciate it. Just FYI, you can always find me uh, more about me at offlimitsshow.com, also on Spreaker.com, also on iTunes. If you want to subscribe to the show, to the podcast there, you can subscribe there to Game Ass, Off Limits, and to um, Brain Purge. So those are all the shows I do. So uh, if you're interested, feel free to follow me there. Um, it's been a while and uh, a lot has happened in two months, actually, considering it's only been two months. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is I was trying, uh, attempting to do one show every day for a year and I failed miserably because <laughs> I did it every single day for like a month in January. It was fucking hard. And I used to do the show um, like that pretty much, you know, the first few years I did the show, it was pretty much like that. I did a show every single night, but I usually talk to people on there. So it's a lot easier, of course, when you have someone to talk to than just talking rambling on yourself. Um, so it was a little different then. And I think that was the difference <clears throat> by coming up with something to talk about every single night. Amazingly for me was difficult, um, considering I'm so opinionated and, and can talk about literally anything the fact that I couldn't come up with something to talk about on some nights was, was amazing to me. And of course, sometimes you're just not in the mood to do a show. Sometimes you're just not in the mood. Sometimes you really want to just relax and watch TV or whatever. Um, so anyway, the, the point is I was trying to do that for a month, um, for a year and I just got burned out big time. I really did. I mean, I really just could not, I just could not <laughs> anymore. It was like, okay, I need to stop this because I'm going to run myself into the ground. Uh, it just, you know, my brain was fried. I was over it. I just was, I was just not into it anymore. So I'm back now. I don't know when I'm going to be doing shows. I mean, do one a week or one a month or whatever, probably one a week at least um, from the, here on out the rest of the year. So if you want to find me, you can always go to the places I told you about earlier. So what has happened the past couple of months in terms of the gay culture and the gay world? Well, first thing I want to talk about, of course, is Indiana. And Indiana's retarded, I shouldn't use that word, stupid uh, bill <clears throat> that they passed, uh, that their ridiculously stupid governor, Mike Pence, um, passed and, and did not veto. And it was called the religious or it is called the religious freedom bill. And this law, what it's about is it says essentially that you can't, if someone has find something deeply offensive to their Christian faith, that they do not have to, um, they do not have to con follow the law in that, that situation because it's against their religion or the religious beliefs. And, um, that that in and of itself is not a uh, bigoted or um, hey William thanks for listening uh, not a bigoted or um, homophobic law but what is is because that law is actually in eleven other states and <clears throat> including Texas where I live unfortunately and it is um, it is uh, uh, so it's not something that's never used or or never been around before. Um, the thing is, here in Texas, for example, there was a Native American uh, boy in school 
um, whom was told he had to actually cut off his ponytail. And because of his religious beliefs, um, he said that he would not do it. And so they had to go to court and everything else. And the court said, no, he does not have to cut it off because it is his religious belief. And that's what it's meant for, that kind of a thing. However, the, the problem is, even though the law, the law itself, if you read it, I read it, the bill, it's not very long. It's like two or three pages or whatever, um, is, uh, is for that purpose. And it doesn't say anything about gay people in there or anything like that. However, the problem is, is that, you know, people take license with this bill and what the intention of passing the bill and the intention behind it is, is the question here, because the governor himself was asked many times by many different news outlets, including local ones, including George Stephanopoulos, Good Morning America, whatever, all of these things. And he was asked over and over, it, will this law be used to discriminate against gays and lesbians? He was asked that question like five or six times in the same interview. He never answered the question. He said, you're not understanding the spirit of the bill, you know, and just kind of dodging the whole question. So that alone obviously says what? It says that he's, that's his intention behind it. That's the intention behind this bill. It's a, it's a ridiculously, um, ridiculously homophobic bill considered racist you can consider all these kinds of things because you can interpret it pretty much any way you want um and it, as i said it's been used in texas but it's also been used in other ways as well to discriminate against gay people and discriminate against black people hispanic people other people like that because of their quote-unquote religion or religious beliefs and so um when I see, when I think about this bill and the fact that this, you know, this is what is happening here in America right now. It, you know, because we as gay people are getting gays, lesbians, bi, transgendered, you know, sexual, whatever, all of us getting our rights in some degree are um, really, you know, far more um, public and far more, um, you know, our, our lives are far more in the forefront of society now. And we're, we're really more intertwined with the fabric of society um, because we're getting our rights and because we're coming into our own in that sense, finally, after so many years of oppression, even though we're still oppressed, but you know what I mean? It's making people fucking crazy and pissed off and people are so fucking mad. The Christians, the right-wing conservatives, whatever, are so fucking pissed that we're getting these, these rights that are completely in their minds at odds with their belief system and essentially – it just means that our rights somehow offend them because it basically says that we are on the same level as they are as human beings. And no, they could never, ever think that gay people will never be on the same level, just like our marriages are never going to be the same as a heterosexual marriage and so forth. So they are they are scared and pissed. And when that happens, it's like backing a cat or a rabid dog into a corner. Um, they do anything they can to get out of it. And they're doing, that's what they're doing now. So reaching for straws, reaching for everything they can to try and make our lives hell. And they're, they're, they're going around in circles and going around, um, law in trying to find some way to uh, refuse to let us live our lives in peace. And even here in Texas, um, there is a, uh, there was a law uh, or it wasn't a law, but there was a, um, yeah, it is a law. Uh, the, since DOMA was overturned, we as gay people 
are now guaranteed as of this week or whatever this this year uh, that we would have equal equal rights or equal access to family medical leave. You know, if our spouse is ill or something, we can or our kids, whatever, are, we can go and take time off and not be fired from our job for that and still receive pay. I think you can receive pay. You may not receive pay, but regardless, you can take a time off and. Um, the stupid guy, I can't remember his name, um, here in Texas, he's a senator or something. I don't know what he is. He decided to, um, at the very last second, um, pass a bill stating that that Texas did not have to recognize gay marriages or didn't have to recognize gays for this purpose. And so just to stick it to us in the wrong way, he decided to do his worst in trying to harm us as well. So all of these people are doing harm to families, to gay families, to gay men, to gay and lesbians and transgender people in general by making our lives more difficult and by, in some, some instances, making them dangerous because, um, you know, what is it? What, what are you supposed to do if your spouse gets ill and you you, you don't can't afford to lose your job, um, but you can't take family medical leave because you're gay, even though your relationship is just as important as a heterosexual one, um, but not in Texas, not in Texas. So Texas is doing its best uh, to do that. Now his name is uh, his State Attorney General Ken Paxton. That's who it is. He's the attorney general here. And as you know, in Texas, we are filled with bigots, racists, uh, homophobes. Um, I mean, just this state is at least half filled with it. I mean, seriously, 50% of the population, I would say at the very least, that's probably a conservative estimate are a bunch of bigots. And that's just the Texas way. And I was born and raised here. And of course, my experience is quite different than someone who's hundred percent white and Christian and you know, all that stuff. And I don't have the same experiences that person had. And so these people end up bigoted and hating people who are different. And, um, I find it to be so tiring. I mean, I've lived here all my life and yet nothing ever fucking changes. I mean, it, it does in some degree, but really the people never fucking change. It's always the same. Uh, but anyway, he filed a lawsuit against the United States department of labor, uh, over the revised definition of marriage in the Family and Medical Leave Act. And so he's making it impossible now for gays to be able to take that. So that's nothing new. I mean, we've heard this shit before, but whatever. So that's what's going on with, with, with the politics or whatever. And um, Arkansas as well is is trying to pass an anti-LGBT type um, uh, religious freedom type act as well. Although now they're rethinking it because of what's going on in Indiana. And the great thing about this is, is that the United States, I mean, the people, celebrities around the country, celebrities and, and uh, wealthy uh, philanthropists and people like that around the country are, you know, um, banning uh, travel to Indiana for the government or whatever, like for example, Seattle and, um, San Francisco and some places, the state of Vermont and the state of Connecticut, um, are banning travel for their people to go to not the state, like people who live there, but I mean the, like the government to actually travel to, uh, Indiana or take any money there or spend anything on conventions or da, 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 da. So it's really hurting them. And as it should, shouldn't it hurt them? I mean, this is just a mean spirited, and bigoted bill that's only meant to harm people. And so it's only fitting that they be harmed themselves, if you ask me. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's that. I'm going to come back and in just a second. We're going to talk about um, 
looking and Dolce & Gabbana, Empire, uh, a lot of other stuff I want to talk about. And also something that happened in my family that's really quite interesting. Um, we'll talk about it in just a minute. Be right back after this. Father's day to 
Okay, so we're back. That's Rebel Heart by Madonna from her new album, Rebel Heart. By the way, that version is not available on the album or anywhere, actually. It's, uh, it was the demo. And actually, the demo is a lot better than the final version. <laughs> the final version's okay. It's just not that. that. That version I love, and that's the one I just adore because it's so completely... I don't know. It's just, it's a much better song. The one that's on the album is kind of folksy and guitar-y and slow and just not the same. It's still the same song, but just completely different. Um, but anyway, that's a great song. Um, and her album, I like it a lot. It's actually um, one of the best albums she's done in a long time. And unfortunately, it's not done well. And that's really uncommon for her. But that's probably because, as you probably recall, um, her album leaked uh, all over the place because her computer, her personal computer was hacked. Um, and who, the guy who did it, it was from Israel or something, um, got into her computer and uh, downloaded all of the songs and the demos of the songs. And some were finished, some weren't and disseminated them to the internet. And of course they spread like wildfire. So a lot of people didn't even buy the album that would normally have purchased it or purchased the songs. I did because I'm a true fan and you know, I wanted the actual album. Plus I got a free one because I'm going the, I got these super deluxe version as well for free because I'm going to, I bought tickets to her concert in, um, in Atlanta and so I'll be in Atlanta in uh, September 2nd. I think it's when it is this year, Michael and I will be both be there and, um, it's going to be so awesome because, well, first of all, the reason we had to buy tickets for Atlanta was because the, um, First of all, the bitch is not coming to Dallas this time. She has a thing about Texas. She does not like it. And I can't say I blame her. I don't like it either. But um, she came last to her last tour. And then she the last time before that was like Blonde Ambition in the 80s. And she never she didn't had been here between those two times. And so that I can recall. And so um, this time she's not coming. So we had to actually go somewhere else to go see her. Um, and the last time I was going to go see her was the last tour and she was here two years ago and, um, she canceled the performance. And so cause she had laryngitis, she said, so I didn't get to see her. So anyway, we're going to go and I got really good seats right next to the stage and, uh, they were very expensive. <laughs> so the pitch better show up this time. And, um, um, we're getting a hotel room and whatever. And I actually have never been to Atlanta. I've never been to Atlanta. So I'm interested to see what it's going to be like. We're going to stay there just for one day. We're going to fly in the, the day of, and then leave the next day, but um, may be able to see a few things. And then, um, my online friend, John and his boyfriend, uh, and I are supposed and Michael and I are supposed to go to lunch or brunch or something while we're there. Hopefully I get to meet them. They've been listening to the show for a long time. So hopefully I'll get to meet them and we'll get to hang out and, uh, say hi. Um, but anyway, so, um, it's a good album. If you haven't heard it, you check it out. You know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Madonna never is, but she is, um, I'm proud of what she's accomplished on this album. So I'm happy with it. Um, also she was on Ellen for an entire week on Ellen. Um, just like two or three weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I guess. And apparently there was a lot of brouhaha behind the scenes, by the way, in case you didn't know, Ellen and Madonna are like sixth cousins or something or not third cousins or something like that. Um, and so, or second cousins, second cousins, like six times removed or something like that. Anyway, so they're related. Um, but they apparently, you know, I heard that Ellen is extremely controlling and very much a control freak. And as we all know, so is Madonna. And what, what happens when you have two control freaks together? <laughs> it's not usually a good, 
good thing. Um, of course, this could all be rumor and, you know, just people making shut up about two women not getting along. But uh, apparently uh, her entourage, Madonna's entourage, was so completely asinine that they almost just wanted to just tell her to fucking leave because they were so rude to her staff, to Ellen's staff. Madonna herself, they didn't say it was, but her entourage, the people around her, and she had like the biggest entourage, they said, that any person ever on the show ever had. I think it's like 20 people or something like that. And so, um, and she had she, but she herself demanded like special food in her trailer and special water. And she had to have her own dressing room and her own trailer and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm not surprised by that, but, um, what the hell? Oh my God. So it's going to shut. I mean, printer's like doing something. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, so I, uh, anyway, that's, that's Madonna. Anyway, sorry. I'll shut up about that now. Anyway. So, um, there's a little story I want to tell you about my family because um, I want to tell you what happened recently. It's kind of interesting and it's a, it's a karmic lesson that I think we should all take into consideration um, because the truth is I do believe in karma um, and I don't think it has any, anything to do with God or existing or not existing or whatever. Karma is just about energy and the energy you put out there coming back to you, you know, essentially. And so if you think of it that way, you don't have to be religious and to, to believe in karma. And I do believe in karma and I'm not religious. Um, so this is what happened. So a little backstory first. When I was uh, younger, when I came out, uh, I came out when I was 14 to my mother and my family and my friends, my close family and friends. My extended family, like my aunt, my aunts and uncles and cousins, I didn't come out to until I was 18, my freshman year at SMU. My, my, I remember writing the letter in the dorm. I wrote a letter to all of them and I sent them out. And um, the response, you know, was not good because, um, they're all really religious and whatever, but in particular, my aunt Isla, whom is married to my uncle, um, my mother's brother, um, she was extremely bigoted towards gay people and she still is. And, um, my cousin, Dustin, my first cousin, he actually, uh, was married to a woman named Amy at the time. And Amy was very open-minded. She was from California and she was not at all like, like my family where, you know, conservative and close-minded bullshit. Uh, her family may be conservative. I don't know, but she, she herself was pretty liberal minded and very open to gay people. And she liked gay people, whatever. She didn't care. And so she was pretty much the only person I could actually turn to and be okay with in my, in my family, even though she wasn't my blood relative, um, at the time. And so Justin and Amy, you know, were married, whatever. Eventually they got, they had two kids. They had, uh, Ryan and Stephanie were their names. And, um, they, uh, and then they got divorced soon after that or whatever. So they've been divorced ever since. Anyway, so Ryan and, uh, Stephanie, um, are living in California with my cousin, Dustin. So anyway, I'm getting to a point here. So, um, so at that time when I was coming out to, to my extended family, they, my, my, my aunt called me, you know, basically said I was, she just, she was just such a bitch. I can't tell you how much, what a fucking bitch she was and how, how my lifestyle choice was my choice and how being gay was my choice and how, if I wanted to be gay, that was my choice. And, uh, even though it was against God and, and my quote unquote, she put in quotes, religion it didn't have anything to do with her religion, which was a real religion. But, and so all this bullshit, she was just a fucking bitch the whole time. 
And she always was. I never liked her. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, after that point, especially. Um, anyway, so uh, she was really, really hard on me about it. And so I would see her and I stopped talking to her. And all the other thing is she was going to, before she found out that I was gay, before I told her and came out to her, she was going to give me 250 bucks a month or 300 bucks a month or something like that while I was in college at SMU because SMU was expensive. I did not come from a wealthy family and it was nice of her. Just a nice thing to do, right? Great. I was in my, she and my uncle were going to do that for me. And as soon as she found out that I was gay, she said, I cannot support your lifestyle with my money. That's exactly what she said. The quote unquote, that's exactly what she said to me. And so, um, she just kind of cut that just cut me like a knife because she was just a fucking bitch. I mean, just really hurt my feelings. And so, um, cut to now about a month ago and my mother gets a phone call from my uncle telling her that Stephanie my cousin is a lesbian <laughs> and she's only 16 years old or she's like 15 years old or something like that. She's 14 to 15 years old. And she came out to my cousin and to my aunt and uncle. And, um, my aunt Isla is her name. She, uh, apparently the one that was such a fucking bitch to me when I was, um, you know, coming out to her when I was the, you know, 18 years old, um, she said she, she, he said, my uncle said she was in bed and she was crying. She couldn't get out of bed for days. And, and she had gone through cancer years ago and, and she said, Oh, my cancer is going to come back now because of what she's doing to me. And it's all about her. It's all about her and how she's feeling and about how she's hurting and nothing about my, my, my cousin, Stephanie, it's all about her. And I don't talk to any of them anymore. The only reason I hear this is through my mom and what my uncle's told her. So it's not like I talk to them. So I sent an email to Stephanie on Facebook, whom I've never met. I've met her when she was a baby, but you know, I've never met her. And I sent her this long email on um, Facebook because I remember how sad and I was and how lonely I felt in this family when I came out and there was no one to turn to. Uh, my mom, my mom and my grandmother, of course, but I mean, my extended family, uh, they were fine with me, but my extended family, uh, no one supported me. No one said, we love you no matter what. No one really was there. Um, my, you know, anyway, my point is I wanted to be there for her, even though I don't know her. And I sent her this long email about how she should feel emancipated and she should feel happy that she has come out so young because so many gay people are unfortunately not coming out until they're like in their thirties or forties or whatever, or they're married to someone of the opposite gender or whatever. And they discover they're gay or admit they're gay. And so, um, it's a really a powerful thing. I told her to come out so young as I did, I came out the same age. I was 14. She's 14 or 15. And so I told her that I was, that's one of the best things I ever did in my life, even though it was a very difficult thing. And I knew how, what she was going through, having gone through that and claiming your, um, your truth and standing in your own truth and who you are there's nothing more powerful than that. And accepting yourself and saying, I am who I am. If you don't like me, fuck you. Now, I'm not saying that's what she's saying to them, but that's how I was about it. And so I still am that way today, but it gave me the confidence to do so many things that I would not have done uh, had I had stayed in the closet and tried to marry someone and all that bullshit, which I can't even, I can't even fathom that. I couldn't fathom it then. I never even entertained the idea of pretending to be straight when I was a kid or whatever. I didn't even try because it wasn't something, it was completely 
um, contrary to my personality and my, my nature to be so deceitful and lie or whatever about things. And so I couldn't do it. So I just was honest about it. And so she's done the same thing. And, um, I told her about PFLAG and how she should tell, uh, her family, you know, her grandmother and grandfather, my uncle, my aunt, and her father, my cousin about, um, PFLAG and how that would help them cope with it. So my point in saying all this is, is that I do, this is why I believe in karma this is just how I see things. You don't have to agree with me, but I see this as a karmic lesson that they did not learn the first time around. Meaning there was this lesson, you can call it from God or from the universe or whatever you want to call it, um, for them to try to learn to, to accept someone, love someone for who and what they are, as opposed to trying to change someone without judging them, et cetera. Um, when I was 18 years old, they had the opportunity then, but they chose not to. They chose to turn away from me and to be cruel and to be um, dismissive of who and what I was and to not have anything to do with me and vice versa. And instead, now, all these years later, their granddaughter, whom they love far more than they ever did me, of course, is a lesbian. And that, my friends, is karma in action. <laughs> that is karma in action. And I think, and the funny thing is I said, even when I was in my 20, I think I was like 20, early twenties or something. I said, you know, a couple of years after I came out to them and everything, I said to my mother that, you know, I bet you a million bucks. One of, one of Dustin's kids is going to be gay. And I said that because I knew how karma worked. I still do. And I knew that that was going to fucking happen. And it did. And I think it's um, what I, so I'm hopeful for is that these people who are so mired in their hatred towards gay people because of their religious belief system, um, because of what they've been taught and whatever, um, will learn the lesson this time before they die and actually, and it will actually learn to love their granddaughter instead of trying to make her something she isn't. And the most damage that's done to kids who are gay, who come out is by parents and grandparents and relatives and friends whom um, tell them there's something wrong with them for being what they were born to be. The, the, the problem is religion. You know, I don't like religion. Religion is fucking ridiculousness to me. Um, but even, even if you are religious, that's not an excuse to disown someone for being gay um, or lesbian or transgender or whatever. I just don't understand it. I mean, I've never been, of course it helps the fact that I am gay and biracial and all those things. And so I see things from both sides and both perspectives really in a lot of ways. And so, you know, of course that sees into who I am as a person and my liberal thinking and whatever, but I don't understand how people can, try, I always try to, you know, the one thing you should learn is you cannot change someone else. Someone has to want to change themselves, whether it's a gay person, whether it's someone who's transgender, whether it's someone who is, you know, um, uh, a drug addict. I'm not trying to compare those to you, but you know what I'm saying? Someone who's an ad, alcoholic, someone who, 
um, eats too much, whatever, whatever the case may be. And I'm not saying these are all negative things. I'm just saying that whatever the case may be, you can't change someone. You have to allow someone to be who and what they are. If they want to change themselves, they can, but there, there are things that aren't changeable. <laughs> you know, the last three things I mentioned are changeable. Being gay is not one of those things. So anyway, hopefully people will fucking learn their goddamn lesson the first time around. And I look at my life that way. I try to find the lesson in all the hardships I've had and try to really, I'm very introspective and self-aware and all those things. And so I'm always trying to think, what am I, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I trying to do? What am I doing wrong? Am I repeating a pattern? I don't know why I'm like that. I've, just, I've been like that since I was a teenager. I'm just very, I guess, analytical about myself and how I, how I act and why things are the way they are. And so because of that, I, I always try to learn from everything, every bad situation or good situation, uh, learn the lesson in everything that happens. And I think it's important that we do that. So I'm going to come back and talk some more about um, uh, looking, getting canceled, Dolce & Gabbana, Empire, The Jinx, and a couple more things. Be right back after this.
All right, so we're back. Thanks for uh, listening. That was uh, Maroon 5 with Sugar. I love that song. Love, love, love. I think it's a remake, right? I think I've heard that song before, but I really love that song, and I love Adam Levine. Anyway, so one thing I wanted to talk about that's happened over the past couple months is, of course, uh, Dolce & Gabbana. You know, Dolce & Gabbana are probably the biggest gays in the world. (laughs) They are billionaires, many times over, actually, and they are extremely successful uh, fashion designers if you didn't know who Dolce Gabbana was and they have of course cologne and they have uh, you know fashion eyewear and they have um, underwear and everything and their couture haute couture as well as off the rack pret-a-porte anyway they are fantastically talented people because I love their clothes and I actually have a Dolce Gabbana suit that I wore to my wedding actually and um However, now they're saying that um, gays should not raise babies. And I guess that (laughs) what's so shocking about this is, you know, to me, is how can a gay, it's to me, it's the same thing as a log cabin Republican. Okay. A log cabin Republican is, you know, if you don't know, a gay Republican, essentially. And it never made sense to me. It's like a black uh, KKK. KKK member or something. Okay. It makes no sense to me to be gay and a Republican. Um, and it makes no sense to me why two gay men whom were previously in a relationship, but not, no longer are, um, but still partners in business and are two of the biggest gay icons in the world would say to, uh, not only to gay people that they shouldn't have babies, but that, you know, gay babies are synthetic babies and not real. And that uh, the relationship between two men can never be as important or as real as a relationship between a man and a woman because that's the way it's meant to be. Now, these men are raised in a Catholic country and uh, are deeply Catholic, I guess. I don't know about if they really are, but I'm sure that seasons their viewpoint. And, you know, Catholicism is not exactly friendly to gay people. So it doesn't surprise me that two Catholics in Italy would say something like this. But it does surprise me that our own people would turn on us and say something like that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that it's like me saying that, um, um, gay people are, you know, I don't know what, <laughs> like gay people are all just sex addicts and, and, um, drug addicts. And all they do is go out and party all the time. You know, all the stereotypes about gay people, gay men specifically. Um, if I said something like that, I mean, it wouldn't make any sense. Why would I say that when it's, first of all, it's not true. Now, I guess if that's how they feel, they're entitled to say how they feel, but fucking shut the fuck up. I mean, what are they saying? They're saying that it's like a fad to have kids if you're gay. And I don't know. It just pissed me off. And so it pissed a lot of people off, especially Elton John. Uh, They and Elton John are having a big feud. And because he said, you cannot call my child a synthetic child because it wasn't born through a male female relationship. Um, And I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, as you can see, speechless about it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway, um, that's that. Now, Looking, a show that I talked a lot about on my show uh, on HBO was canceled. Uh, the last episode aired 
I think a couple of weeks ago. And um, I liked looking. It was a good show. And the reason I liked it was because it was just like a real life. It wasn't like um, Queer as Folk where people were always having fucking sex all the goddamn time. Now, Queer as Folk was a really good show too. But they had so much sex, it was like almost ridiculous. I mean, I know people have a lot of sex, you know, and that's good. And But they had a show every single time someone has sex, you know what I mean? But um, it was more about a sexual – that was more of a sexually charged show. And looking really wasn't. It had a lot of sexual – um, uh, scenes. I mean, it had sex in it, you know, plenty, um, and some pretty raunchy ones too, but it was never really focused around the sex or about partying or whatever. It was about real people, real gay people living a real life, you know, going to work and, and dealing with family and, and friendships and, uh, paying your rent and, or whatever, you know, you do in San Francisco. <laughs> um, so it's, it's it's kind of a tra- as tragedy because that it was canceled because first of all it was a good show. I like Jonathan Groff. I like the people on there, especially Dom, the guy who played Dom on there. I can't remember his real name. I love that show, and so it's been canceled. However, they are going to give them a sh- a, a movie on HBO to wrap up everything, a two hour film. So that's good. Um, another show I love and have come to love since I've been gone is empire. I think I, I don't know if I started watching that before, after I went on my hiatus, but empire is an incredible show. And if you don't know what empire is, it is, uh, it's a phenomena on, um, on what on, um, <laughs> I think it's on ABC. No, it's on Fox. It's on Fox. And, uh, it features Terrence Howard and Taraji P. Henson as the matriarchs of the family. And, um, they run this empire of a record label and, uh, they're very wealthy, whatever. Anyway, it's about their inner workings and the woman who plays cookie, which is the one that's played by Taraji P. Henson is fucking hilarious. She steals the whole show. She is the whole show in a lot of ways. Um, but it's about, you know, it's a black dynasty is what I call it. Basically it's kind of a combination between a black dynasty and, uh, glee or something, <laughs> not glee. Cause they don't really burst out the song so much, but they actually record music on there all the time. Anyway. Um, it's a really good show, but what's really interesting is that one of the three, three uh, boys in the show, one of the three sons, I should say is gay. And he's, he's, he came out recently in, um, uh, about two or three weeks ago, actually, that he actually is gay himself, the actor <clears throat> who plays, uh, Jamal on the show. And, um, he um it, it, so the relationship between he and his father um is very uh, tumultuous and as it is between any african american male and his father who's gay and, and the kid who's gay and a father who's heterosexual because that culture is so mired in machismo and and masculinity and you know all the bullshit that people put out just to kind of you know, it's sort of like wearing a mask really, or putting on an act, you know, walking their fucking like gangster shit or whatever. It's the same thing in, in the Mexican culture with men and some Latino cultures like in Italy or whatever as well. And others, uh, Russian Russians are like that as well. There are some cultures around the world that are just so mired in machismo that to be gay is just like the worst sin. A gay man anyway, is like the worst sin. And being that way and being black is also the same. Now, my father, who's black is, very anti-gay and very he's a deacon in a church and all that bullshit and i've talked about this on the show before but you know i i my relationship with him is no better than jamal's is with his father on the show empire so i definitely relate a lot to that um 
to that that dynamic and uh it's very realistic because it really it is about being good enough for your father uh to accept you and love you as you are and not trying to make you something that you're not and so on on that note i'm going to play one more song before i wrap up in just a minute and co- talk about a couple more things and it's from empire listen to the words it's a really good song and it really is about being it's, it, the song's about him being gay and his father not accepting him be right back
All right. So that's from the soundtrack to Empire, the TV show. Um, and that's a song I think almost any gay guy can sing to his father who doesn't accept him. It's pretty much a, a universal sentiment, I think. Anyway, it's a good song. A um, couple more things before I go. I want to talk about the show The Jinx real quick. I was obsessed with this. Okay, this is about the Robert Durst case. I don't know if you've heard about the Robert Durst case, but um, it's about he was an heir to a massive real estate fortune in New York City. He is still an heir and uh, extremely wealthy family, extremely well known, extremely well positioned in New York society. And uh, like they have, they own the most real estate in New York city, like skyscrapers. Okay. And, uh, there was a movie about he and his life in this, this whole incident I'm about to discuss called, um, all good things, uh, which starred Ryan Gosling and, um, what's her name? Uh, I can't remember her name. Shit. Anyway, Kristen, Kristen something. Anyway. Um, so, um, but what it's about is the fact that the, he was a son and um, he didn't really want to be in his family's business, which was that real estate business. He wanted to do his own thing. And he married this woman, fell in love with her, whatever. And they started this place in Vermont called All Good Things, this grocery, this natural grocery store type thing. And they just liked having a simple life for a long time. Then his family kind of forced him back in the business. Anyway, then his wife mysteriously uh, vanishes. And it's all over the news, all over the country. And this is in 1983 or whatever. His wife completely vanishes from the face of the earth and no one knows what happened to her and they couldn't find any evidence of her or anything being killed or whatever. Anyway, so he was, he was, um, always suspected of as having killed her. And then, um, years later, he chopped up a man in Galveston, Texas, when he was living there, chopped up his neighbor because he got in an argument with him, whatever, and chopped him up and admitted to doing this, by the way, and cut him in, like cut his arms off, his legs off, his head off and, um, his torso off. And, uh, they never found the head, but they found the rest of the body. And he was tried in a Galveston, uh, Texas, um, courtroom. And he was found, he was acquitted, even though he admitted to killing the guy they said it was self-defense <laughs> fucking ridiculous who who cut somebody up in millions of little pieces in self-defense anyway and then his friend susan berman whom he'd known all his life mysteriously gets murdered around the same time that he's caught in, in Galveston right after that or whatever before. And she's murdered in her home. And so all these murders throughout his life have been really suspicious. And so obviously he's a man, he's a serial killer anyway. So what happens in the, the jinx is it's a documentary about his life now and about his whole life and everything. And it's very, very interesting and intriguing. I was really, really fascinated by it. I mean, really fascinated. Of course I love true crime and that kind of stuff, you know um, like I love forensic files and the every uh, ID channel, that kind of stuff. I love that stuff. Anyway, so he, um, I, can't, I can't give it away, but it's a fascinating ending. This, the ending is real. It happens in real time, sort of. Sort of. And um, but essentially he confesses in the end um, under his breath, uh, but he's still mic'd. He doesn't realize it. And then he's arrested. He was arrested a few weeks ago uh, and tried for the murder of, um, of his wife. So anyway, on and on and on, or Susan Berman, actually, it's very fascinating. So if you've seen the, the jinx on HBO, it's a six part, six hour, six part series. Uh, watch it. It's totally fascinating. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about was Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway has written a memoir about her time 
doing the movie Mommy Dearest. Now, if you're gay, I'm sure you've heard of Mommy Dearest. It's a cult classic. And, you know, it's like showgirls or something. It's like not meant to be funny, but it is because it's so bad. Um, But it is uh, um, her career. She was like, you know, at the top of her game, A-list, you know, A-list, A-list in the 70s and the early 80s. Faye Dunaway was. But when she did this movie, she was relegated to like, you know, D list essentially. And uh, it kind of ruined her career, but she talks about behind the scenes about the movie and making the movie and what she really believes happened, et cetera. So fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. I'd love to read that book and see what it says. So that is all for tonight's show. I want to thank you for listening. Thanks William for listening and keeping me company in the chat room. And thanks to everyone else who's listening in the archives on speaker.com or on uh, iHeartRadio or on, um, we're on uh, iTunes. I appreciate it. We're on the website, offlimitshow.com. By the way, if you're listening on iHeartRadio to this, you won't hear any of the music, but you'll hear the talking part. So if you want to hear the music, you can go to Spreaker.com and hear it there or go to my website, offlimitshow.com. I'll be back next week for more of Game Ass or whatever I'm doing tonight, Off Limit Show. So thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 